Hello, my name is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, What's Best for the Patient is Best for the Business. This podcast was put together for you, the healthcare practice owner, and wants to achieve success in your healthcare practice and turn this practice, this clinic, into a business. So if you want growth and scalability that drives financial performance, all three of those don't always come together. But if you want that, then you've come to the right place. I'm here to help you be most successful in your healthcare practice and turn it into a business. Cheers. Thanks for coming. All right. So let's, let's get into this thing I call a backstory and we can call it my history, my context, my journey, whatever you want, but let's call it the backstory. And let me tell you why this backstory is important at this point is it's not to uh, tell you my great achievements. It's to show you my journey, how long it's been, my experience, the mistakes I made. And then you get to think about your journey to this point where you've been, because one of the things I want to mention about this podcast and the mindset I want people to be in who are here is that, you know, you should be hiring or you should be getting mentors. You should be hiring business coaches. You should be looking for experts that are where you want to be. And I've said this for a long time. and. I learned this the hard way in my journey, which is in my backstory, right? And that there are going to be people you use, you may be currently using that are helping you get to a place that you want to be. And they're at that place. And the mistake I made early on was I hired someone like that and they got us to where they were. We, we achieved what they achieved. We ended with them, rightfully so. And then we went on for a couple of years and we decided that it was time to engage someone again to help us move on to the next phase. We made a mistake. We went back to that person, re-engaged them, and we got nowhere. And we paid them. We made no more progress. And in hindsight, I realized because they had never been where we wanted to get to. So that backstory, the experience, my journey, where I ended up is important for you to understand, again, the context of the information I'm sharing with you. And then you can go, yeah, he's been there. He's done it, right? He is at a point or not at a point where I want to get to. And again, many of you right now are currently working with people that are getting you somewhere. And that's awesome. And other ones may be looking for someone who can get them somewhere. And the best piece of advice I can give you right now is find someone who's currently either at where you want to get to, or has been to where you want to get to, right? Because they don't, a great business coach is not necessarily in the business they're coaching you about anymore, right? They got there and they got out. So I think that context is really important for why we share these stories. Another big thing I tell people is, look, you're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are part of the journey. We all own that. Sometimes we emphasize the mistakes too much. But my another thing I like to say to people is, look, don't make my mistakes. There's absolutely, you're going to make your own mistakes. And there's absolutely no reason for you to make my mistakes because you will have your own mistakes. So that's another reason for the backstory. And lastly, part of my backstory and my current story is you are going to hear some cursing on this show from time to time. I get passionate. It's part of how I speak. It's part of how I share. It's... It's nothing else but that. And some shows, there might be more. Some shows, there may be none at all. But I'm just here to tell you right now, 
periodically you're going to hear curse words. And uh, so, you know, if you're listening to the show in the car with your kids, it may not always be best to have it, you know, playing over the whole system. So just keep that in mind. And if you do play it in the car with the kids or you're playing it in the your home or somewhere else or out back in the backyard and your kids are there and they hear a curse word, then just know that you're not the first one who ever experienced that. So there you go. So I've been a, uh, I've been a physiotherapist, physical therapist, physio for 27 years now at the time of this recording. So who knows how long this recording will last, but 27 years, it seems just like yesterday. And, um, early on in my career for about four or five years, I worked in just about every setting there was except for peds. Cause I just, I, I, I could barely manage people who could speak with me, let alone couldn't. And then neuro rehab peds and neuro were the only two classes I thought I was going to flunk in PT school. So surprisingly enough, I never had a job in peds or neuro. Um, I worked in every type of setting you can imagine, um, acute care, home health, outpatient, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then during that time, I decided I was going to open my own practice, which is a story upon itself, which is a pretty cool story, but I don't want to get too deep in that now because we got to fast forward. Uh, in 1999, uh, I created a business or I guess we could say it was a business. And remember, this is my, my story. Uh, we could say it was a business in 1999 and created what was San Francisco sport and spine physical therapy, which, um, has been, um, which has been uh, now partnered up with someone else. So it goes by a different name now. And I've been out of it for about six years at the time of this recording. So uh, 1999 created San Francisco Sport and Spine Physical Therapy. And that's where the rubber started to hit the road. Uh, fast forward 10 years, had multiple locations, three to four to five at any one time with multiple employees at each location, you know, and Yes, believed that I had created a business, created a practice, created a clinic, created something that I could grow and scale. And we had multiple clinics. So why not? And then right about 10 years in, so about 2009, right? Uh, my partner and I decide that we need to go out of network. Now, mind you, this was in 2009. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Nobody was out of network in 2009. There were no cash PT practices. There were no out of network practices. There was no conversation around any of this shit. And so it was a very interesting time. And the one thing um, that I did and we did do properly was we did track our finances pretty well and we knew our costs to deliver our care. And so when we got um, a United Healthcare contract that fell below our cost of care in the past, we were able to successfully negotiate with them one-on-one. -on -one, and this time it didn't happen. And I still remember the conversation. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember my response to the conversation, which was, Hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the conversation lasted less than five minutes. It was, Hey, Jerry, we're going out of network. And it, I think, uh, and then I said, when, and it was January 1st. So we had about two months to plan for that which was enough time. And I remember my gut response, because this is really, I fast forward to 10 years because th this is, I, oh, I'm sorry. Th this is a tipping point in this backstory. And I'm going to 
hit on a couple of these tipping points and tell you these tipping points in my journey and how I got to where I am today speaking to you on this podcast. So we go out and network. My partner tells me we have to go out and network. And I remember this is really important part of the journey. I remember at that moment in time thinking, hmm, okay. And this was the only thing I knew at the time. Hmm, we're going to have to start talking to people differently when they call the clinic to schedule physical therapy with us, because we won't be able to say we take your insurance or that we're in network. It was a huge tipping point for me. For those of you who know what I do today, I mean, you can already see how it ties in and I'll get into that a little more, but what a tipping point that was, right? 2009, here we are, we're going to go out of network. It's a financial decision. So it is a financial decision based on keep taking the insurance, losing the money and closing down or staying open. It's that simple people. There's no fucking gray in there, right? There's no gray in that. You can't, you know, as many people still to this day are, you can't lose money and you can't lose money on volume. And we knew that. So it was either shut down or go out of network. So Tipping point number one was realizing we're going to have to start talking to people differently. I'm going to fast forward probably about a year and tell you in that year, after going out of network, the most difficult thing, you guys could probably list out a lot of things you think could be the most difficult. And I wonder if you think about this, the most difficult thing was finding other healthcare practices, coaches, mentors within physiotherapy that could help us. There were none because nobody was out of network. So we're looking around, asking a lot of questions, getting a lot of no's. And not only are we getting no's during this year, but there, there was another very interesting thing at this point. Mind you, I'd been in the profession about 10, 11 years at this point. The other very interesting thing at this point was not only could we not find anybody, but we were constantly told we couldn't do it, which was interesting. And I don't mark that as a tipping point, And I don't say it to say I proved everybody wrong, but it was just interesting how all the, and I alluded to this earlier in this and in the intro and everything else is healthcare has this idea about how a quote unquote business should be run. And most of it is false or at best incorrect. And so we were constantly being told we can't run an out of network practice. And it was like, well, we don't have choice. So I appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. Thanks for your help. So we're looking around, looking around, looking around and boom, here comes another tipping point. Oh boy. You know, because it was interesting at this point, right? 10 years, we think we're running a business and I would argue we were not running a business and we found out quickly we weren't running a business as we proceeded to go forward because we weren't managing our clients, right? And this is all in hindsight, by the way, we weren't managing our clients in the manner of um, how a business would manage your clients because we were running an in-network physical therapy practice, right? So what was the biggest, what, what was the only thing that mattered really, right? Was that we were contracted in-network with everybody's insurance we were doing business with, right? About a year in, we hit another tipping point, which is a huge tipping point. We found this group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And I'll tell you why this was a tipping point. It was 101 members at the time. We came in and we were like member 102, 101, 102. What was cool in hindsight, and it is what it is, is there were no other healthcare 
business owners in this group. So, and it was everything under the sun and the only variables, well, not the only variables, but the two, the two variables that, um, couldn't be bent or you had to have a seven figure business or more, right? A million dollars or more business. And you had to be the founders or the C-suite uh, people within the company. So we met both those criteria. So we joined EO and we are now in a group of business owners and founders of million dollar plus companies. And by the way, million to 10 millions to hundred million dollar companies. And there were no healthcare members in there, which was again, a good thing in my opinion. You, when you join EO, you, you get in these groups that are called uh, forums. And I quickly learned, and this, th- this was beautiful. I quickly learned after our first meeting that everybody had the same exact issues I had in my business, what I was calling a business, right? We all had the same exact issues. And the people in my forum were someone who was growing a solar company, someone who had a home painting company, someone who had a software company, someone who had a real estate company. So right on the surface, couldn't have been farther away from healthcare. Well, wrong. It was all the same business. It was all the same business principles. We were all either going to be successful or not successful based on doing the same exact work, serving our clients and customers and, and for us, our patients, right? So huge tipping point, because it was at that time that I realized, yes, I needed to run a business. Yes. I needed to learn how to run a business. And yes, I was not running a business prior to this, and it didn't matter what industry of people I was talking to, they could help me grow my business. So it was time to hit the road and run a business, right? And it was cool because what I learned in this group, and I think I was in EO for about six years before I finally got out and really took everything I could from the group. And and it was great because I learned so much. And what I learned really was, you know, that that it was about this focus, right? All the successful companies, it was about this focus on the entire patient or client, you know? So I'm going to say patient and client a lot in this podcast too, and just know they're the same thing. This patient or client's journey within my business. So what I learned in those six years was I had to understand all the touch points that this person was going through in my business to create what I now call patient success. I wasn't calling it back then. Yet, once I understood this, right? And once I could define it all, then I could measure, right? True success for my patients and my business, including, right? Measuring the correct business metrics, make sure I was tracking all the right things, making sure I was hiring the right people, making sure I was holding them accountable for the right things. And that's really my journey for the next 12 years, right? After joining EO for six of that and this constant being in my business and really took me 12 years plus to even get to where I am today. And by the way, it's been more than 12 years, but it was really 12 years of doing all this, making the mistakes, putting pieces together, not realizing at one time as I was working on this, it was actually impacting this other part. And by the way, it's not much different than treating a patient in physiotherapy, right? And so it it was this journey of doing all these things, of trying to, what, what eventually in hindsight, I realized was understanding and piecing together my patient and potential patient, because it was all about what happened before they arrived too, right? Journey within my business, right? 
And so I started to piece that together. And then somewhere in that journey, I don't even know when, I'm not going to lie to you, but somewhere in that 12 year journey, and it was probably within the six years that I was in EO was another tipping point here. And that was that time when I realized the work that was being done outside of the provider room, where all of you are spending the bulk of your time, money, and energy on systems and where I did, where I did forever, right? It was all about the provider and patient interaction. And that was either going to make or break the business, which couldn't have been more false and more incorrect, right? That tipping point was that when I realized that that work done outside of the provider room, right? The interactions with all the touch points outside of the clinical care that they would impact patient success as much or more than the clinical side. Let that sit and stew for a little bit. And then really understanding this flow of the business, right? And this flow of the business we'll be talking about a lot too um, as we get together and do more of these podcasts. But this flow of the business, which is marketing to sales, to retention, to referral, right? And that, and once I understood that, that's when everything started to take off, right? And let's face it, right? For those of you who know me, when we talk about sales, that's the front desk success I talk about. And those are the interactions and the touch points that have that huge impact on patient success. Now, mind you, patient success is not just a better patient. So, right? So don't get offended if you're a clinician. Don't get offended, right? Patient success. You can have patient success if someone doesn't get better, right? Referring someone back to the doctor because they're not getting better is patient success. You're doing what's best for them, right? If you, if someone calls to schedule with your business and they choose not to arrive and you take them through your intake process from phase two of the patient life cycle, right? From first phone call to arrival and they choose not to arrive and they send you and they actually refer you new patients. I'm going to chalk that up to a even potential patient success. They were never even a patient in the business. But once you understand this, you can start to leverage all these touch points, right? And that's what this podcast is really going to be about is how do I understand the patient journey? And then how do I leverage all these touch points and phases within this patient's journey, right? And once you do that, and when you guys start hearing terms like business as an ecosystem, you'll understand that the further upstream you go, so the earlier in a patient's relationship with your business, the further upstream you go into that relationship, the more you do up there, the bigger impact you'll have on patient success, right? Managing and setting expectations, building trust, decreasing fear, doubt, and uncertainty. All of these are going to be huge topics and, and phrases and words you hear on this podcast frequently, right? Yeah. And then, again, this whole tipping point of learning this was really understanding that the biggest, most underleveraged, undervalued, most misunderstood touch point or phase of the client's journey is this front desk or pre-arrival phase within their journey, right? So that was huge. Now, this takes me to the next tipping point, right? So there was the realization. Then the next tipping point, which didn't come right away, but came after a couple failed attempts at trying to hire front desk people that could manage this intake process that we knew was so important, 
was I actually stepped in and worked the front desk and managed all the new patient calls and insurance conversations or callbacks for a full year in my practice. That was over 1,000 new patient calls and callbacks. So I've done the work, right? And I've actually filled every freaking role in my business, right? I was owner. I was a provider. I was the front desk person answering the phone. I would sit at the front desk. I would cover at the front desk for people who were, who were out sick or on vacation. So I'd collect co-pays. I'd work on scheduling, right? I'd have insurance conversations. I'd collect co-pays. I think I said that already, but yeah. So, I mean, I did the front desk work for over a year. I actually literally sat and answered all the new patient calls for a year. So I've done this work. Right. And boy, oh boy, was it ugly at the beginning. I'm not going to lie to anybody. And most of what I've, most of what I train today, most of what I teach today is based on that year. And then all the subsequent learning and continued evaluation of other clinics, right? There's nothing I love doing more right now than listening to intake calls, new patient intake calls with my clients and coaching clients and front desk clients, right? It is, it is awesome to be able to break that down and get someone who, who is so undervalued in the business to understand that they are so insanely important to the growth of the business because the growth of the business comes through what patient success and it starts at your front desk. Okay. During this time that I was working at the front desk and building out and understanding the patient life cycle more and more every day, what I found was I said this phase two or this pre-arrival phase was the most under leveraged phase was that as we fine tune this, the one thing we did do properly during this time was we made sure we were only making changes in one area at one time in the business. So as we were doing all this front desk work, there was no other work going on, right? To try to fine tune clinical care conversations. So all the changes we were seeing in the business metrics were attributed to that front desk work. And what we found were 50, my business, and I've done this, I've reproduced this, reproduces for more than one client. We had a 50% drop off rate in three months. Oh, shoot. Boy, did I screw that up. We had a 50% drop in our cancel rate in four months. It went from 14% to 7%. I'll let you guys do the math on that. Take whatever capacity you have and cut your cancel rate in half. Arrival rates, first visit arrival rates increased, right? Remember, we were out of network. At a time when nobody was out of network and our first visit arrival rate went up, our drop-offs, which I misspoke earlier, our drop-offs decreased. So that means people who disappeared off the schedule without a conversation decreased. Our completed plans of care increased and drop-offs are like the dark side of the forest where completed plans of care are the rebels, right? It's the good side of the forest. Our billing issues just about disappeared. So think about that. All of those, by the way, all those things I told you have a direct impact on revenue, top line revenue. A lot of those have to do with service, right? Billing issues disappeared. So therefore our negative reviews online started to decrease. Right? Completed plans of care increased, which meant happy customers going out and telling other people, right? So all these are top line revenue drivers. Some of them are even profit drivers and bottom line. All through the work at the front desk. Now, 
this podcast isn't only about front desk success, it's about business success. And we'll talk a lot about how to continue, right? All that work done within phase two. There's four phases of your patient journey, right? And this pre-arrival phase is phase two. So how do we manage all that work in phase two and continue it into phase three and phase four? We'll spend time talking about that. All right. So yeah, just baffling when I saw the changes in my business in metrics that I've been yelling at my providers for, for 10, 12 years, cancels, drop-offs, right? We all yell at the providers. And then we tell our front desk, don't let anybody cancel. But then we go yell at our providers. It's so messed up. And that's because we don't understand the interactions and touch points of that patient life cycle, right? So yeah, all these changes came with no changes on the provider side. I'm here to tell you right now, we we did that purposefully. I didn't expect the changes I saw. Don't get me wrong. But I knew I could go in and look at the impact of this front desk. I thought I was going to get a change in some billing issues and things. And then I went back and saw all those metrics I showed you had changed four months after we instituted this new plan to make sure people arrived knowing all their billing information, all their insurance information, all their costs. Yeah, 12-year journey of mistakes and learning, right? All that to finally get to that. Yet we could argue finally gave me the ability to manage a business, right? Because I knew what metrics were important. I knew what the true KPIs were, right? It gave me the ability to hire better because I understood what the roles were we needed to fill. I understood what the accountabilities to that role were. Again, it told me the right KPIs to measure in my business. And I'll just throw this out there now so you guys can challenge some of your beliefs. Visits and units build are not KPIs, nor are they things that should be bonused. And we'll go into that in some episodes for sure. You know, it gave me the ability to project better into my business with increased arrival rates and decreased cancel rates. And without all these up and down times, right, it gave me the ability to determine when I was going to need to hire. So you guys can just see, I mean, I could go on and on, right? It also, yo, here's one big thing. This ability, right, with all this, knowing that these people were managed and these touch points were managed and that we were going to have less cancels, it was easier to solve problems in the business, I knew where to go because I understood all the interactions and touch points because I knew the expectations that had to be managed and set. It was easier to go back and solve problems long-term and more quickly, right? Most people are solving problems very short-term and it's taken them a long time to figure out even how to do that. Okay. So those, you know, that's the things you really got to remember. And again, Remember that this was all achieved by focusing on the patient's success and their journey within the practice. If nothing else, that's what you that's what you got to know this podcast is all about and how this success is going to come. Right. It's all this backstory, again, in context to get you to boom. It's all about patient success and understanding their journey in the business. Right. So it's taken me this ungodly amount of time, right? To come to that realization. And that when you're faced with a decision, a business decision, and you step back and you go, okay, does this serve the person? Then you go, yes. If you notice those metrics I changed, those, we, we, we could say those are patient success metrics, right? Complete a plans of care. 
things like that. Well, guess what? Completed plan of care we're with less drop-offs and less cancels feeds the business very nicely. Revenue-wise, referral-wise, retention-wise, less stress on the team. We could say an improved culture within the business, all through focusing on patient success and their journey within my business. Right? So this, th- this is my backstory and I think I've covered everything. And now I continue now what I do, right? I don't treat patients been out of the business. I mentioned for about six years now, and I work with other businesses to help them, right? Understand their client customer patient's journey within their business. And then we start at the beginning, we train the front desk, we start managing all the interactions and touch points so that they are all connected throughout the entire patient's journey. And when we have this, we can then build the systems in place, right? So that you can start to scale the business. This is really important. Growth is not the same as scaling. Yeah, I'm scaling my business up. I'm like, what's that mean? What are you working on? Well, well, I'm growing. I'm adding more new patients. I'm like, that's not scaling. That's growing. But that's not scaling, right? And again, everything I just shared with you, building the systems within this patient life cycle and understanding all the touch points and interactions in your business as an ecosystem is scaling a business. So as you grow, right, you know when to hire, you know what metrics to follow, right? There's never any surprises. You're never surprised. And by the way, in the in this type of system, you don't hire people before you should, before you need them, that then sit around with nobody and nothing to do. By the way, what another great byproduct of understanding what patient success is and their journey within their business is you will realize that every employee of yours is a revenue generator. Boy, I tell you, you want to trigger me and I can really tell how our conversation is going to go. When you tell me that your front desk people are not revenue generating, I know we're not going to have a good time. And if you believe that, I'll challenge you on this. Keep coming back, right? Get through about five or six of these and then tell me if your front desk is not revenue generating. Not only is your front desk a revenue generator, yet I can show you how they could quite possibly be compensated the same as your providers. If they're growing your company and you're scaling your company and you understand the finances and the KPIs and what measurements actually tell you the front desk is doing their job to grow the company and cancels is not one of them, then there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be bonusing your front desk team members who are growing your company. We'll talk about that a lot too. So I'll put that in your head, right? So, you know, it's uh, this podcast, I think I might've said this in the intro or somewhere earlier, but I really want you to understand that, that this is about growth and scaling and giving you the freedom that you thought about when you created it. And now you're still chasing that freedom, right? You're like, man, I, I can't seem to, you know, now I'm scheduled to six o'clock, right? How do I get how do I get my schedule down to, you know, leaving at four because I want to see my kids at the end of the day, stuff like that. Right. So this freedom that you want and you get to choose it. I'm not telling you some people want more money. Some people want more time. Some people want more energy. Some people want all three of those. And I think they're all three achievable. 
only if you have a business that focuses on their client and patient success to drive the business success and that you understand the life cycle of this client or patient within that business, right? So you can map out their, their journey to success so that you can then build the systems and put them in place that make it scalable. Then and only then will you get that time, money, and energy back, okay? What I'll be doing again as we go through and what I've done here is I'll be sharing my expertise and experience, right? So that you can run that more efficient business. That's what I plan on doing. And I've told you many times the stuff we're going to be diving into from my journey, right? That you can then take back and start creating this practice that you can turn into a business that's scalable with growth and financial performance, right? So I'll be sharing that. And again, I like this word business efficiency. You're going to hear this a lot on this podcast. And that's just taking what you already have and running it better. I'll bring on guests too, who, you know, will bring their expertise in marketing, sales, retention, communication, and even technology, right? And all the things that can feed into greater patient success within your business, right? So I'm really excited about this. I want you to serve more people in your community that can use the services that you provide. I want you to have a business, a healthcare business in your community that has more people arriving, paying, and staying. All your KPIs are baked into those three things. Arrive, pay, and stay solves all the problems. So the question is, right, do you have the systems in place? All right. Episode zero comes to a close. I appreciate your time and your energy that you put into this and um, committing to this. If this sounds exciting to you, go back and hit the subscribe button. This will be a weekly podcast at this point. Um, short and sweet. This is probably going to be the longest one. Short and sweet because I want you to be able to jump in get what you need and get out right and start to get this mindset and start to get the action items and start to do the things you need to do so that you can create this freedom that you want by helping more people and serving more people in your community who need the services that you have. Cheers all. Thanks again. Thank you for listening today to the podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Um, If you want to stay in touch or want more information on the doing of all this, then I highly recommend, and I really want you to go over to my YouTube page, Jerry Durham PT, J-E-R-R-Y-D-U-R-H-A-M. There is just so much content, videos added weekly, if not daily, and you will be able to bury yourself and immerse yourself into this content and learn all you need to know to start implementing some of the things we talked about today. Second thing I want you to do is just jump in feet first over at my Facebook group. What's best for the patient is best for business. Daily interactions, right? I'll be there. You can have discussions with other people. You can ask me questions. I post there frequently, post videos. I share information there. So it's a place to stay up to date and be very interactive with other people who have the same goals and mindset that you do and want to create this business, this healthcare practice that will scale and grow and give you financial performance. Cheers, all. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's Best for the Patient is Best for Business with Jerry Durham. 
This episode is brought to you by Strata PT. Strata PT is a single EMR platform and revenue cycle management service for physical, occupational, and speech therapy practices that helps you achieve a 99.99% reimbursement rate. If you'd like to learn more about Strata PT and see how our EMR and RCM works, head over to stratapt.com to book a demo.